So I want to tell you about two rocks. Uh, there are two rocks off the coast of Brazil that are well-known tourist destinations. Hay dos piedras, roca grandes de la costa de Brasil que son destinos turísticos. The first rock is named Pedra do Telegrafo. I'll call it Pedra do, just for short. And the second rock is named Pedra da Gavea. And I'll call that one Pedra da, all right? So both of these rocks offer some stunning uh, panoramic views of the ocean and the coastline. They're located on high, high cliffs. Las dos rocas están en precipicios muy altos y dan una vista panorámica del océano abajo. But if you look online, if you look online for photos of these places, you're going to find something interesting. Si buscas en línea, vas a encontrar algo interesante. In the first rock, the first rock, Pedra Do, you're going to find all of these crazy photos of tourists doing daring things. In Pedra Do, los turistas hacen cosas atrevidas. They're, they're hanging from this rock. They're, they're hanging by their arms. They're hanging by their legs. Se cuelgan de sus brazos o piernas. They're leaning over as if to dive off the rock. Están a punto de lanzarse de la roca. Sometimes you'll even see photos of, of human chains where there's a person off the edge and they're pulling that person up. Hay como una cadena humana y están rescatando una persona de precipicio. But if you look at the second rock, Pedra Da, you're not going to find those kinds of photos by and large. No hay fotos así en Pedra Da. Now, you will find occasionally uh, a, a tourist hanging, a very daring tourist hanging from the rock, but, but not many. Most of the photos from Pedra Da, uh, in those photos, people are standing at a very respectful distance from the edge. In Pedra Da, no hay muchas fotos de personas colgándose, más bien están respetando el precipicio. So, tell me, what's the difference, right? ¿Cuál es la diferencia? I mean, both of these rocks, as I said before, they're both high up. Son altas, las dos rocas. Both of these rocks have great views, tienen buenas vistas. Both of these rocks are inviting you to defy death. Las dos rocas te invitan a, a retar la muerte. But here's the difference. Underneath the first rock, Pedra Do, there is another rock. There is a flat outcropping, an area that goes out about six feet down, dos metros abajo de Pedrado, hay un área plana de roca. In other words, that rock is underneath the rock, and it provides a kind of safety net for people, and that's why they do all kinds of crazy things. Es como una red de seguridad. Underneath the second rock, Pedra Da, you know what you've got? Nothing but air for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. No hay nada menos aire debajo de pedrada. And it is really scary. So here's the thing. The danger under the first rock, Pedra Do, is an optical illusion. El peligro de Pedra Do es una ilusión óptica. But the danger under pedrada, yeah, that's for real. El peligro de pedrada es real. So here's the question I want to ask you this morning. Which rock would you rather hang from? ¿De cuál piedra quisieras colgarte tú? Would you rather hang from Pedra Do or Pedra Da? That's the question. Now, given the choice, I think most of us would say only a fool would hang off of Pedra Da. Solo un necio se colgaría de, de la segunda, Pedra Da. 
No way. But yeah, we would love to hang off of Pedra, though. Most of us would take that one. The rock that seems dangerous, but really isn't. Why is that? Because we like to pretend, we like to think that we're living on the edge. Nos gusta pensar que estamos viviendo en el peligro. And we love to live dangerously as long as we have some assurances that it's safe. Queremos vivir de forma peligrosa mientras sea seguro. But now here's the question. What if what really seems to be safe is actually dangerous? ¿Y qué si lo que parece peligroso, uh, seguro, no es es peligroso. What, what happens if that safety net that we're counting on is really an illusion? ¿Qué pasa si la red de seguridad es una ilusión? That's the point that Jesus is bringing us here today to look at in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. In Mateo 7, 13, dice Jesús eso. He says, enter through the narrow gate. Entren por la puerta estrecha, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Ancha es la puerta y espaciosa camino que conduce a la destrucción y muchos entran por ella, pero estrecha es la puerta y angosa el camino que conduce a la vida y son pocos los que la encuentran. What Jesus is saying is that in life there is a gate, a doorway that that almost everyone wants to go through. It's wide. Hay una puerta que todos quieren pasar. There is a, a road, a way of living that is broad, and everyone wants to travel that road. Hay un camino que todos quieren viajar porque es seguro. There's a rock that everyone wants to cling from because it looks like it is safe, but it is really, Jesus is saying, the way that is going to lead you to destruction. It's an optical illusion. Hay una roca de la cual todos queremos, queremos colgar, pero es una ilusión. Es la roca hacia la destrucción. Why? Why is that the case? Because you see, when it comes to spiritual matters, we need to understand something. Hay que entender algo. Appearances are deceiving. Las apariencias nos pueden engañar. And that's why right after that, in chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus goes on and he says, watch out. Cuídense. Watch out for false prophets. Cuídense los falsos profetas. They come to you and they seem safe. They're dressed as fluffy, innocent sheep. Se vistan, se disfrazan como ovejas, inocentes, seguras. They look like they are all right, but it is an optical illusion. Es una ilusión óptica, because inside they are really ravenous wolves, and they're going to eat you up. Son lobos feroces y te van a comer vivo. You need to look at them carefully. In fact, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. No miren lo que dicen, sino lo que hacen. You're going to know them by the fruit. You're going to know them by the result that comes out of their actions. Lo van a conocer por los frutos de sus acciones. You don't get bad fruit from a good tree, and you don't get good fruit from a bad tree. No sacas buen fruto de un árbol malo, y al revés, no sacas buen fruto de un árbol, malo fruto de un árbol bueno. It doesn't work that way. But even so, here's another thing we need to notice. When it comes to evaluating fruit, 
when it comes to evaluating the results of these people that are giving you secondhand information about God, Jesus says, be careful of that too. Cuídense del fruto y cómo lo evalúas. Look at chapter 7, verse 22. We didn't read this part, but this is what Jesus says. He says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Didn't we do all these cool things? Señor, Señor, no profetizamos en tu nombre, en tu nombre expusamos demonios, e hicimos muchos milagros. And Jesus says, then I will say to them, I have no idea who you are. I don't know you. Away from me, you evildoers. Les voy a decir, jamás los conocía, aléjense de mí, hacedores de maldad. In other words, authentic spiritual fruit is not about flashy words. And it's not about flashy deeds. That's not how you evaluate what's safe and what's right. No se trata de palabras finas y de acciones extraordinarias, espectaculares. If you're looking for authentic faith, Jesus says, here's what it's about. Chapter 7, 21, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. No todo el que me dice, Señor, Señor, entrará en el reino de los cielos, sino solo el que hace la voluntad de mi Padre que está en el cielo. What's authentic faith? Authentic faith is to know God. And to know God is to do what he calls you to do. It's to follow him, obey him, and his word. It's to do his will. Conocer a Dios es la fe auténtica. Y, y, y conocer a Dios es hacer su voluntad, seguir en sus pasos, hacer lo que él les pida. What's Jesus doing here? Jesus, I think, is getting at a heart issue that we need to look at this morning. Se trata una cuestión del corazón. And this issue has to do with the sources of truth that we trust in. Tiene que ver con, con las fuentes de la verdad. It, it has to do with the sources of authority that we are willing to depend upon. Uh, las fuentes de autoridad. It, it has to do with this simple question, how do we determine what's true? How do we know what's true? ¿Cómo saber lo que es verdad? In our day and age of fake news, we have a situation where it is not always easy to discern because truth is not based on who yells the loudest. It's not based on who presents their message in the most attractive way. Truth is not based even upon what is the most popular notion out there that people believe in. La verdad no se basa en lo que es la noticia más recia o la noticia más bien empaquetada o lo que es popular. Fake news hauls in a lot of people. And in fact, in this whole coronavirus thing, sometimes it's hard to sift through this and know what's, what's real, what's not. And eso del virus, de coronavirus, que es real, que no lo es. Jesus here, I think, is, is challenging our spiritual assumptions. In fact, he's challenging what, what philosophers would call our plausibility structure. El reta lo que es la estructura de credibilidad. Now, I want to explain this. A plausibility a structure is it's the mental framework or the mental set of assumptions that we construct to help us uh, determine what is worthy of belief. 
what is plausible. Son la estructura mental que determina lo que es creíble en, en nuestro uh, punto de vista. So, let me give you an example. 500 years ago, almost no one thought that it was plausible or worthy of belief to think that the earth goes around the sun. That was not a popular belief. No era popular pensar que era credible que la tierra gire alrededor de, del sol. I mean, that was not a part of the plausibility structure of that day. It just didn't seem right. The, the safe bet and what everyone thought was that the sun goes around the earth. Todos creían que el sol gira alrededor de la tierra. That was the, uh, the, the accepted knowledge. That was the popular belief. Almost everyone banked on that. Todos pensaban eso, except for two men. Copernicus and Galileo. Dos hombres, Copernico y Galileo. What did they do? They challenged that assumption. And they were right. It was a good thing they did. Ellos retaron esa, esa creencia. It's a good thing. Why? Well, going to the moon, for example, is a dangerous thing, right? I think you would say that is a dangerous thing. Only 12 people or so have ever done it. Uh, ir a la luna es algo peligroso. To go to that rock called the moon, I mean, that is, we're talking dangerous. Eh, ir a esa roca es peligroso. But it would have been impossible to go to the moon thinking that the sun goes around the earth. Hubiera sido imposible creer que podemos llegar a la luna pensando que el sol gira alrededor de la tierra. Somewhere along the line that, that plausibility structure had to change. And so what Jesus is really doing here is he's challenging us at this point. And, and Jesus is challenging our spiritual assumptions. And he's saying, if you want to take the safe route to God, be careful, it's probably the more dangerous route. Dice Jesús, lo que parece ser el, el camino a Dios más seguro puede ser el más peligroso. Don't rely on fake news. Don't rely on second-hand information from those who might use flashy words and deeds to tell you what you want to hear when it comes to God. No dependan de lo que dicen estas personas o hacen esas personas para que llegues a Dios because the message and the difference is often very subtle. Because you see, they're going to tell you in some way God revolves around you. Dios gira alrededor de ti, te van a decir. Oh, God loves you so much, and he does. Oh, God cares for you so much, he does. God loves you so much, night and day, all he's doing is thinking about how to please you. He doesn't care the way you live your life. He just wants you to have a good time, you know. He just wants you to be happy in life. He just wants you to enjoy life. Dios no le importa lo que haces, porque él solo quiere que tú puedas disfrutar de tu vida. So, so trust in God, because he just, you know, it's going to work out. He's going to make your life easy. He wants to prosper you. He wants you to be successful. Él te quiere prosperar y hacer exitoso. And Jesus is saying here, this is the wide gate. That's the message everybody wants to believe and to hear. 
This is the wide road. Este es el camino ancho, la puerta ancha. This is the rock that everybody wants to cling to. Oh yes, todos quieren colgarse de esa roca, but here's the reality. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. Not just a fluffy ball of light and love revolving around us. He is the center. He is the sun and we are to be the earth. Our lives are to revolve around him. Él es el centro, como el sol y debemos girar alrededor de Dios. Jesus is saying, there's a narrow gate. There's a narrow road you've got to go through. And that narrow gate and that narrow road, that's me. Yo soy esa puerta y ese camino angosto. And so Jesus here is challenging our assumption and basically what he's saying in Matthew chapter 7 is although it seems like the more dangerous option, the safest option, the safest course is to hang on to a different kind of rock to hang on to the rock that is Jesus and to submit to his narrow way for living, aunque parezca ser la opción más peligrosa, la más seguro es colgarnos de la roca que es Jesús y someternos a su camino estrecho. Following Jesus is like Pedra Gavea, Pedra Da. Not many tourists go to Pedra Da. No muchos turistas van a Pedra Da. Es como seguir a Jesús. It's the more dangerous option. And there are those who might say, well, if you give it all to Jesus, if Jesus is the only rock that you're standing on, if he's the only rock that you're going to cling from, how do you know? How do you know that life will work out? Si solo cuelgas de Jesús, solo, ¿cómo vas a saber que la vida eh, eh, te va a rendir? How can you be sure of a man who died 2,000 years ago? How can you be sure that that would make a difference? ¿Cómo estás seguro que eso te va a marcar una diferencia que un hombre murió por ti hace 2,000 años? How can you really see? How do you know for sure he rose from the dead? ¿Cómo que sabes que resucitó de los muertos? How do you know that, that if you trust, if you fully trust in Jesus and there's no other safety net underneath you, how do you know that your life won't be full of problems? How can you be sure that you'll never have any difficulties, that you'll never experience tragedy or sickness or loss, any of that? ¿Cómo estar seguro que nunca vas a tener pérdidas y tragedias en la vida? Here's the thing, you can't be sure of that. No hay garantía. Because that's not what Jesus is promising. Eso no es lo que promete. Look with me at chapter 7, verse 25. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Todo el que me oye estas palabras y las pone en práctica es como un hombre prudente que construyó su casa sobre la roca. Jesus is saying, I'm not an optical illusion. Jesus is God in the flesh. And he's saying, if you will build your life on me, 
Trust in me. I am real. Si edificas tu vida en mí y mis palabras, yo soy real, dice Jesús. But here's the other thing. If you build your life on Jesus Christ, if you build your life upon his, his words, his teaching, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his promise of coming again, si edificas tu vida en la muerte y resurrección de Jesús, you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have problems. Look at the next verse, verse 25. It says, the rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. If you're built on the rock, all that stuff's going to happen. Dice, cayeron las lluvias, crecieron los ríos, soplaron los vientos y azotaron aquella casa, but it didn't fall, it says, pero no cayó. Why? Because it was built solidly on the rock. Here's what we need to know. You're going to have problems, losses, difficulties, pain, failures in life without Jesus too. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. Vas a tener problemas sin Jesús también. Chapter 7, verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. El que me oye estas palabras y no las pone en práctica es como un hombre insensato que construyó su casa sobre la arena. The rain came down, the, 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 the rivers rose, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. It's going to happen regardless. Life will not always be easy. Cayeron las lluvias, crecieron los ríos, soplaron los vientos y azotaron aquella casa. But if you don't have the rock underneath, everything is shifting sand and it says that house fell with a great crash. Esa casa cayó y grande fue su ruina. So what Jesus is bringing us to here today is a question. What is the foundation of your life? What is the safety net that you have constructed that you are going to, to count on to be there for you? ¿Cuál es esa red de seguridad de la cual dependes en tu vida? What is that safety net? If it's anything less than Jesus, the reality is it's going to be taken away from you at some point. Si es menos que Jesús, se te va a arrebatar en algún momento. What is that safety net under your faith that maybe you have constructed? Is it that you'll always have a job? Is it that your spouse will be there for you? Is it that you are intelligent or that you have good health or that you have a lot of money in the bank? ¿Cuál es esta red de seguridad? ¿Es que tienes trabajo, tienes dinero en la chequera o tu esposo, esposa, tus capacidades, tu salud? If it's anything less than Jesus, it can be taken away. And so, the, although it seems to be the more dangerous option to build your life upon the truth, the rock-solid truth of Jesus Christ is really the safer bet, the safer way. Es más seguro edificar tu vida en Jesús, aunque parezca más peligrosa. Jesus is saying it's the only way to be safe. It's the only way to be saved. Es la única manera para estar seguro y salvo. Why? 
because in the end, Jesus is not an optical illusion. He's the rock. He is the narrow door. He is the narrow way, the truth, the life. Él es la roca y el camino, la verdad y la vida. And he has authority from God to do what he says he will do. Tiene autoridad de Dios. In fact, that's what it says at the end of chapter 7. It says when Jesus finished teaching these things, the crowds were amazed at him. Why? Because he taught like someone who had authority, not like the other teachers who were trying to guide the people. Las multitudes se asombraron porque enseñaba como quien tenía autoridad, no como los maestros de la ley. When Jesus says, trust in me, he has divine power. He has divine, almighty power to back up what he says. Cristo tiene poder divino para respaldar lo que dice. In fact, at the very end of Matthew's gospel, he says, all authority has been given to me. In heaven and on earth, I have it all. So here's the deal. Se me ha dado toda autoridad, dice Mateo 28. Go out and make disciples. Hagan discípulos. Follow me on this narrow way. Learn to live by looking and trusting in me and help others to do the same. Síganme en este camino y ayuden a los demás a que hagan lo mismo. And, oh yeah, by the way, I'll be with you forever. Estaré con ustedes para siempre. I will not lead you astray. I will not leave you astray. No los voy a engañar ni abandonar. That's the promise. And so the call, the invitation for us is a daily call. As we're going through, as Cody said, we're in this night, right, of co coronavirus. How do we figure out what's true? We, I can't. I don't know what the truth is. I know who the truth is. No sé qué es la verdad de esta situación del coronavirus. Yo sé quién es la verdad. And so we submit to Jesus' authority. We are in submission. We come under his mission. He's got a mission for us in this thing. Nos sometemos a la, a la misión de Jesús en esta situación. And that's what I want to call us to this week. In fact, uh, we're going to have on our website here pretty soon our study guide, our discussion guide. And I want to invite you to look at that and to think about those questions, perhaps discuss with other people. Tenemos el guía de preguntas para platicar en el sitio de la iglesia para que puedan conversar eso. And the question especially I want us to think about is, is this week, how might Jesus be calling me to, to take a step of faith, to trust him and obey him in ways that seem dangerous, but it's really the best way to go? ¿Cómo confiar y dar pasos de fe, obedecer y confiar en Jesús en maneras que parecen ser peligrosas, pero no lo son? And if you've never trusted in Jesus, if you've always had that extra safety net under, like, oh yeah, Jesus is fine, but this is my backup. I want to invite you today, get rid of that safety net. Si siempre has tenido alguna red de seguridad debajo de Jesús, quítatela. Trust in him alone. Invite him to come into your life, to be the foundation of your life, your Lord, your Savior, and he will walk with you. Invítalo a ser tu Salvador, tu Señor. He's the only one. Grab on to Jesus Christ, the solid rock. Aferrate a Jesucristo, la roca sólida. Here's the promise. He's not going to let go of you. No te va a soltar. Please join me in prayer. Let's pray. Vamos a orar.
Lord Jesus, this passage from Matthew, it really challenges our, our faith in our own ability to discern what is right and true. As human beings, we are often like sheep. We can be molded and we can be uh, uh, influenced by the media, by entertainment, by music, by the loudest voice in the crowd. Somos muy débiles en nuestra capacidad, Señor, de discernir la verdad. And it can be so easy to, to get confused amid all the, the voices that are clamoring and competing for our attention. Hay muchas voces que compiten por nuestra atención. And in the midst of that, we have your word. I thank you for the scriptures. I thank you that through your holy word, we have a clear view of you, Jesus, because we need you to be our guide. We need you to be the solid rock. Ocupamos, Señor. Necesitamos que tú seas el guía, la roca sólida. Help us this week to, to trust in you. Help us this week to live dangerously in our faith with no other safety net. You be our safety net. You be our rock. Que vivamos sin ninguna otra red de seguridad. Que sea solo tú, Señor, el que nos apoyes. Lord, I pray for each person here within the sound of my voice, people that may see this later on, and I pray that today they might simply say, I'm letting go of what seems safe, a life revolving around me, and I'm going to revolve around Jesus Christ. Que podamos dejar una vida pues que está concentrada en el yo y una vida, tener una vida en cambio concentrada en el Señor Jesús. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for rising from the dead for ascending and reigning even today. You've got this. You are in control, and we give our hearts to you. Entregamos nuestros corazones a ti, and we pray in your holy name. En tu santo nombre te lo pedimos. Amen.